You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning. Uh, Joe Gavallis here uh, with the Safe Senior Hour. I hope uh, all's well. Uh, today we're going to have an interesting uh, show for everybody. Um, as we always start every show out, we always uh, put out a, a few bits of information uh, and comments. And one is, um, remember, elder abuse doesn't, does not report itself. And we uh, define elder abuse on the show and in the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force in three areas. One is physical, two is uh, financial, and three is institutional. We will today, uh, for the first segment, just go over the, an update on some of the frauds. But for the, uh, the following segments, we're going to have a guest on, Attorney Will Smith. He's been on before, who specializes in nursing home um, and long-term care issues. Uh, he's a private attorney. And this is all based on, if you all been looking in the news recently, a uh, report that was been issued by the uh, federal government actually was issued by two senators uh, out of Pennsylvania and it uh, dealt with the title of the report was Families and Residents Right to Know Uncovering Poor Care in America's Nursing Homes so we're going to be discussing that uh, when, uh, uh, when Attorney Smith comes on so we're going to go over, first of all, just an update like we always try to do, keep everybody abreast all over this country and all over the world about some of the big fraud matters that have been going on and successes. <clears throat> and one of the big ones that happened here uh, was in the, in, uh, in the United States, in New York, a Bronx, man, a Bronx which is one of the the boroughs in New York City sentenced to more than four years in prison for a multi-million dollar fraud scheme involving business email compromises and <clears throat> romance scams targeting the elderly. Excuse me. Um, between as how long it's been going on, it's been going on between 2014 and 2018 uh, that they had uh, uh, perpetrated this fraud. On, on citizens. Um, this is a, a horrible situation, and as we know, uh, they took in over $10 million and sent part of the money to Ghana, and uh, we believe that uh, this is a significant dent uh, in the romance scam area. And we talk about romance scams every week. And the reason why, because it hits everybody. I was just telling David here in, in the studio, I just spoke to a group of 350, three to 350 seniors in Augusta, Georgia, and I had somebody coming up to me and, and had tears in her eyes and said, is there anything we can do to convince somebody they're being uh, um, defrauded in a romance scam because her sister has already lost $200,000? And it's just sad to hear stories like that. So we really need early on when people see signs of the scam, when they've never met the person, they don't know who it is, and they're starting to wire money or get um, uh, iTunes cards or Green Dot cards or debit cards, 
and sending it to people overseas. We these are these are you know red flags, and we need to try to help them. So that's kind of a uh, it was a kind of an eye opening to me, and um, where people are just affecting are just frustrated by it. The uh, some other uh, interesting uh, cases that have taken place recently uh, have come. Um, in the form of uh, uh, police in India, uh, say 50% of the cyber fraud cases they see, this is in India, are Nigerians. Uh, Sp- Spain uh, extradited 94 Taiwanese to China. Fraudsters call Chinese impersonate government authorities and demand payments of fines. We've talked about that scam where they call up and say, you owe so much money and and if you don't pay it now, you'll be arrested. That is kind of a uh, uh, an ongoing scam. It happens in every town, every area. Uh, as we look down the list here, this is all coming from the Baker Fraud Report, and I urge you all just go online and Google Baker Fraud Report because he covers so many really good topics here. <coughs> the uh, I'm just looking down here on uh, a court in Rhode Island, which is one of our smaller states here in the United States, a court in Rhode Island uh, sentenced uh, college students. Um, they were from. They were. They had ties to India uh, with tech support telemarketing scam uh, scheme, and uh, this you know affected many people, especially in our New England area. They got five years in prison, and they took in nearly a million dollars. This is a bunch of college kids operating. This. So this fraudsters can also be the young professionals, the college kids, or the ongoing gangs and and professional people that we see in, in a lot of these um, fraudster activities. And as I have to constantly remind everybody, financial uh, abuse of the elderly, only about 40 to 50 percent is done by the professionals. The rest is being done by loved ones, people you trust, uh, um, caregivers. And, and most of it, one in five, only one in five gets reported. So if we want to help our loved ones, help the people we care about, we need to be constantly looking for the red flags, checking the, their finances of our loved ones to make sure nobody is, is abusing them. <clears throat> Let's see here. On the going on the... Um, Uh, IRS frauds. Baltimore man gets five years in prison for stolen identity refund fraud. Filed over 400 bogus returns. Came up with 400 uh, false IDs. Turned them in to to the government to get refunds. Kind of a sad state of affairs, but uh, it also happens. I've been reading it happens in the UK. Happened in Australia. And I think there were some that I think I read about in Canada. An interesting uh, po- uh, point. We've talked about Jamaican frauds, and that's the Jamaican lottery or the uh, J- Jana- Jamaica sweepstakes. Uh, 
um, and that it. I, I was at a seminar recently concerning the uh, the problem in Jamaica uh, and how it affects so many people here in the United States. And I thought the very interesting point from the uh, presenter, who was a government official, that the people in Jamaica. One of their targets are rural areas here. They're not necessarily around the cities, and they target the rural areas, believing that there are less law enforcement and certainly less federal um, officers out there, and they're more likely to have a successful scam if they do it in the rural areas. But this latest headline, it comes out of the, the Miami Herald, out of their America's division, Jamaica's state of emergency over crime is back. And um, they apparently, um, Montego Bay is back under watchful glare of uh, military troops as they were reimposed on August 30th following officials said was unacceptable spike in shooting and murders, all dealing with uh, apparently the fraudsters. And this is uh, and this is a shame. I mean, it's a. And I know when I was there, it was, a, it was certainly a wonderful country, and we're certainly to make sure everybody just check uh, check with the State Department and check with um, your travel agents before uh, you, you're looking to make trips there. We certainly, uh, there's a lot of great places in the world. Jamaica certainly at one time was one of them. Uh, but now everybody, as you're traveling anywhere, check your uh, check with the State Department for any travel alerts or for any um Issues that are out there. Uh, Nigeria, where where we we we've constantly talked about where the romance scams, many of them have have been initiated, uh, just uh, came out and convicted uh, two men over romance scams. Let's see. Two internet fraudsters um, uh, for alleged internet scam. Defendants created an email using uh, false names with emails uh, while using the picture of a white man to deceive his unsuspecting victims. He said after analyzing emails and several other email correspondence between the defendants, uh, revealed was it was a scam um, uh, mail. The important point here is remember that computers give a lot of people courage. They can say things, do things, per, uh, perpetuate frauds because you never see them. It's pretty easy to sit behind a computer and make up a false story. It's pretty easy to send in a false picture, a false um, a description of yourself. And that's how that's how these romance scams start. Uh, I, I I think it's a shame and um, to hear these sad stories of uh, people who are getting a con, and especially the stories where people, you know, uh, I guess it was in British Columbia they sold their home to go to start this new life with this individual, and they never showed up and actually bought a plane ticket. But remember, when when the victim buys a plane ticket, the uh, the perpetrators are always asking for upfront money for their plane ticket to go fly to meet them, or for for their travel expenses, or for other expenses. 
this money when it's paid it's just gone there's no meeting nothing takes place so i think we all got to be totally aware of of the issues when we when we're dealing with people we don't know and we've never met and in many cases never spoken to it's all done over the internet which is which is a which is a shame and i think that has to be um uh, on everybody's uh, thought pattern, uh, because it is a it is a true hardship, and whether you lose five thousand or two hundred thousand, like the case I spoke about, it's just the anxiety and the issues with the, with the uh, with the seniors. And again, remember, and, and this is a big a big thing. To remember, it happens to both male and female. There's no that it is not one sex or the other, but because these people aren't looking for a relationship on these romance scams, they're looking for money. And as long as people are sending them money, that's that that's all they care about. Now I, I think that um, uh, one of the big points, and I and I've, I've emphasized this in the last speech I gave, and so that we need to to remember. That you can't arrest your way out of this, but but uh, but uh, what we we can do, and as the, the officials say, when I I asked them, I remember what are the top three things we can do, and it's educate, 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 and that's what the Safe Senior Hour attempts to do, is educate you all. With that, we'll end our first segment, and we'll be back with Will Smith talking about nursing homes. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, we're back for segment two, and on the air is Will Smith. Will, are you there? I am. Well, how are you? Great. How are you this morning, Jerry? We're doing great, and and I appreciate you on such short notice for coming on. But but what's uh, Will is an attorney here in in Atlanta, and uh, let him give <clears throat> give the new listeners some uh, his background in a minute. But what's really started this was some uh, newspaper uh, articles and a release of a uh, report by the federal government concerning uh, nursing homes in the United States that are uh, either on a list, uh, and this is what we're going to get, we'll explain, a list, a watch list, or a a special list, which was 
previously hidden from consumers here. So we'll just give people your background here, and, and, and then we'll go ahead and, and try to look at this report and see what it means to the um, to the uh, people who, uh, in citizens of the United States, who have loved ones in nursing homes and some of these nursing homes. Absolutely, Joe. Uh, I've been dealing with nursing homes for about 16, 17 years now. I've worked in them for about eight years during college and the first year of law school. Um, and then since 2010, I, uh, I have been gradually getting more and more involved in litigating against nursing homes to the point of now it's the only thing that our, our firm does. And we have a podcast that, that um, deals with nursing home issues. It's uh, nursinghomeabusepodcast.com. And so we, we often work with advocates in, in other areas that, that deal with nursing homes, and, and this is a big deal. And, and essentially, what's going on with this list is certainly the word secret makes it seem a little nefarious. And I, I'm in defense of CMS, it's not really uh, that type of thing. What happened was... Two senators from Pennsylvania, uh, and this is a bipartisan issue, it, Toomey and Casey, one public Democrat, investigated some of the worst performing nursing homes in, in Pennsylvania and learned that there is this list, there's this program that CMS does called SFF, and it's uh, a special focus facility. Yeah, just tell excuse me, we'll, of slots. we'll tell everybody ahead, what Joe. CMS is. Some people CMS might not know. CMS is the Centers for Medicare and so um, nursing homes, by and large, are are funded through um, through Medicaid. Medicare pays for uh, a certain amount of time, up to like a hundred days, but the vast majority, sixty percent of nursing home residents have their long-term care stay subsidized by Medicaid, and, and CMS overlooks this program. Which is a federal government program, not a state program. It is a federal government program, absolutely. Right. But they work in conjunction with state agencies. Right. For example, the Georgia State Agency that works on this is the Department of Community Health. Right. So uh, this uh, this this program, this special focus facility. If you go to uh, nursinghomecompare.com uh, .gov, sorry, that is the CMS website that shows consumers the star system uh, from one to five stars. Obviously, one being bad, five being the best, and it, and it rates these nursing homes uh, in a couple of different areas: staffing quality control, health, and those that consistently underperform are placed in this program of uh, special focus facilities. And this is made public um, to consumers. The issue is that this, this program has a limited number of slots, only about 88, and there are about 300 candidates for the program that until now have not been made public. Oh, okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. Okay. Well, uh, and it's all over the United States. It's not in one state. It's it's all over the United States. Absolutely. Um, Georgia had, I, I think, about six of them. 
but it, it's a it's a program that takes candidates from from all fifty states. Absolutely, yeah. Right. There's about fifteen, but we have to remember that there's about fifteen thousand seven hundred nursing homes in the United States, and and less than six percent, at less than than six percent are um, are actually in this program. Right. All right. I so, have. There's a yeah. list that in this report that was issued. It was a. Uh, um, it went state by state of of the as of April 2019 of the uh, it's called the special what is it focus something see what is whatever that special focus yeah, the facility yeah right there are candidates that are listed and then some that are actually on it. So if people are interested around the United States, just look at your look at your state. I would say, uh, just looking at it, obviously the bigger states have a lot more than the than, than the smaller states. But you can see and pick out the um, um, the name of of the location, and then it will talk. Then I think you can go to report, can't you, Will, and find out or, or yeah. a website and find yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. It, and it's important to note that. Um, the the information about any specific nursing home has always been on nursinghomecompare.gov. So you could, even before the list of candidates uh, was released, you could go to the, the website and see that this nursing home had uh, low quality ratings, low staffing ratings. Uh, it's, it's not as though they were five-star nursing homes, but secretly CMS knew something else about them. These were very underperforming nursing homes. Uh, I, I think one of the, the, the bigger problems, though, that, that Toomey and Casey unearthed is the question of why are there only 88 spots? And that's simply just a matter of funding. CMS doesn't have, according to them, at least, doesn't have the money to to put more homes on this list the the actual SSF program okay can let's just go over from your experience and and again you're kind of like the you know a, a private watchdog helping citizens you know take care of, of possible um, say misuse or, or or issues dealing with their loved ones in these long-term establishments how do you draw the line between what's uh, what would be a, a just purely a technical issue? I, I and, and I don't mean to compare it anywhere as equal, but I can I, I, I know when you people see when the health inspectors go into a restaurant and they, and and they go in and they look and they come up with a rating of you know of seventies passing and the and the restaurant gets sixty eight and then you look and see on the on the on the wall that um, or, or you look at the report and people forget to um, or forget whatever it is don't have a proper display of a license don't have uh, the proper um, issues of uh, uh, I guess inventory or things like that versus you know bad food where there's you know rat droppings or something I can see the difference is this what, what what makes up this list? Do you have any idea? I mean, what makes up somebody being on this list? Sure. If, if I understand your question, and it's, and it's a reasonable one, too, you can look at some of the inspection reports 
and they have they have violated something. For example, it could be in dietary, it could be something like a health inspection at a restaurant where you guys didn't cover the chicken properly, uh. or maybe you know you didn't put medicine in in a in a container that's three inches as required by federal law, whereas you put it in one that was only four inches. Something that seems pretty innocuous. Right. The, the CMS has a method for for distinguishing those, and the ones that you need to look at are the ones that put people in immediate jeopardy. It, it has a list um, of, of of severity, right? So right. if it's something that doesn't have the likelihood to cause immediate harm to a resident, it is taken into account and it is noted. So you're never going to have somebody that is a one star simply because of what I would say were innocuous, non-immediate threatening violations. Okay, I, I get it. And that's what, that's what citizens need to look at when they, when they review these documents. I, 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 I understand and, and are they uh, are these reports which are public as you say they, right each you can go on and see what how each what nursing home was rated in their last review is that true somebody you, told me you that. can go on and see what their current rating is and then you can go and see what all the uh, the inspections have have stated going back several years and as a matter of fact, it's required by law that nursing homes have their most recent inspection reports available oh. in the nursing home when you go there. Okay. So you can read these reports and they tell you, they leave out, you know, um, information that is protected by HIPAA, right. private health information, but they will tell you nursing home, um, you know, failed to stop a resident who was wandering and, and left the premise and you know was found by the railroad tracks which is which is what exactly happened in in the Pine Hill nursing home which is one of Georgia's special focus facilities uh, but you can read the report and it'll tell you exactly why they're citing this nursing home right right i get it and in the next segment i'm going to read a few of the examples that they had um, in the reports uh, or in the in the um, in the Senator's report uh, in various states, and then let you comment on, on each one of them. Because the main question is, I think, is for the citizens or the relatives to say, or or loved ones, at what point do we report something outside the facility? When do we report it to law enforcement? When do we report it to the ombudsman? When do we report it to a state official? Or when do we just go to a private attorney and let them, you know, let them, I don't say do the hard work, let them make the decisions. Um, gotcha. And I've seen that both ways. I've seen that where for some reason, and even though under Georgia has a mandatory reporting law, that we need to, uh, we need to, um, um, that the, the situation never, never gets reported, but a private attorney gets involved and then it's 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 kind of backwards, you know. But the, the, let's face it: both from the government point of view and from your point of view and the family's point of view, is the the care and well being of that of that patient and resident. 
with that, we're going to take this our second break, and we'll be back with Will Smith uh, shortly in the third segment. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. If you're a a veteran, and I really don't care from uh, which war, doesn't matter. If you're a veteran and you're opening a new business or you've opened a new business within the past 12 months, contact GM at America's Web Radio and we'll give you two weeks of free advertising about your business. And that'll be heard all across the country and literally around the world. Again, if you're a veteran and you've opened a business within the last year, last 12 months, we'll give you two weeks of free advertising. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, uh, we're back on our third uh, segment of the Safe Senior Hour, and we're very fortunate to have uh, Attorney Will Smith with us on, and we're talking about the latest uh, nursing report, um, nursing home report that was issued by uh, Senator Bob Casey, a Democrat from Pennsylvania and Senator Pat Toomey, Republican Pennsylvania, concerning um, families and residents' right to know, uncovering poor care in America's nursing home. And uh, uh, Will and I were just talking about um, the the initiation of the report and some issues to look at. In uh, in the report, and I suggest you uh, people at a later date go on the Internet and, and look up the total report, But in Appendix A on page 8, 9, and 10, 
they actually list some of the, the situations that were found in nursing homes. And what Will and I are going to do, I'm going to read some of these and let him comment from his point of view. I was at a uh, conference in Augusta, and people say, when do I call an attorney? When do I call the government? When do I call the police? What can I do for my loved ones? So hopefully on some of these situations, I hope this will uh, will be able to give you some direction. Um, will, uh, any comments where we start? No, no. Uh, let's get into it. Okay. Well, on page 8, it, actually, you already mentioned it. It says, in Georgia, a resident was able to climb out her window and escape. The same resident was found on the tracks with a train approaching. Uh, somebody hears about it. It should be reported, I would think, on um, uh, mandated reporters. But uh, if the family hears about it, what should they do? Uh, well, they should immediately report it to the Department of Community Health. Uh, like we were talking earlier, CMS is the federal agency that's responsible for overall uh, regulation, but right. they work in conjunction with each state agency. Right. Um, and in a situation like that, it's absolutely imperative that the state agency of Georgia, the Department of Community Health, knows about this, because that way they can they can they can write a report, they can do an inspection, which can then be seen by other potential consumers. Right, right, and I agree with you. I, I think in this case it's a little different. That somebody found them on a track, somebody at the institution should have reported it before the family ever knew about it. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. They, they, they should have self-reported. Right. They should have, uh, yeah, it would have been the best thing. Right. But uh, this is a, a very troubled nursing home already. Right, and you think it's on one of these lists. I'm not, it doesn't list a nursing home here, but... Yeah, it, it, it is. It it should be, and and again, you know, the issue, and we'll talk about it later uh, in the next segment. Just guidelines: what what a family should do concerning the list and their loved ones there. The next one was in Illinois: a facility failed to provide adequate medical treatment or respond to the concerns of its residents, such that one resident who was ill was forced to call nine one one himself. When medical personnel came, a nurse tried to prevent his departure from the facility. When the resident finally made it to the hospital, he passed away. According to the physicians at the hospital, this resident may have survived had he received treatment sooner. Your thoughts? Uh, you know, unfortunately, this is not uncommon. Wow. I have, wow. I I at least this year alone, I've had at least two calls related to a nursing home resident having to call um, 911 on their own. Wow. Luckily, the two instances that, that I experienced, the you know, there was no immediate um, jeopardy. In other words, the person didn't pass away. But that is extremely common. It's a violation. And, you know, you just got you have to stay on top of these places. It's a staffing issue for sure. Okay. This this resident was probably calling and not getting enough, um, not getting the response quickly enough. Well, I thought that was interesting. A nurse tried to prevent his departure departure from the facility. Listen, when medical people are there and police are there, um, you know they have to be deferred. Those are the by by statute. Those are the people that have to be, uh, um, I think, listened to. I, I'm not sure. 
Yeah, I mean, oh, no, I 100% agree with you. you, you she, I, I just think that she didn't know what was going on in her heat. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll go to the next one. In Kansas, a facility failed to give a resident their prescribed medication for 12 days after the person was admitted. According to the surveyor, and the surveyor is what, like the inspector? Is that what, when they say surveyor? Yes. Um, this, Surveyor is the inspector. Right. Yes. This deficient practice represented a significant medication error for the resident who was subsequently rehospitalized with a blood clot and uncontrolled uh, mental agitation, which required law enforcement intervention. Your thoughts about medication? Yeah, that, that would get them, uh, and I'm sure that it did, it would get them what's called an IJ tag which is immediate jeopardy. Because okay. uh, you have to understand that medicine isn't just, you know, it's not just Tylenol. In, in this case, I think it was actually Coumadin, which is a blood thinner, right. which is absolutely required for this person to continue living. Wow. Um, so that's, that's a very serious oversight. Right, right. And again, that was reported. The surveyor found it. But again, if the family is aware of it when they come to visit if there was family or loved one that also should have been reported at the earliest yeah absolutely and the family would be involved in in the initial care planning meeting so they you know and i've said this before in your program if you have a loved one in a long-term care setting it is imperative that you get involved so you go up there you ask about the medication you ask about their health, and you check your loved one out. Uh, great point. That is a great point. Be involved. Just don't accept everything is, is is what it is. You go see it. I think it was it you or somebody also said, go up there and have a meal with them. See what they're eating. Absolutely. I thought that was great. Yeah, absolutely. And I pass that on. I, um, I actually just went and ate lunch uh, with uh, a nursing home resident. Uh, down in um, um, southern Georgia, and it was it was an interesting experience to see what they eat and, and what the service is like. Wow, wow! But it's a good good advice, and everybody should do that. Uh, the next one in Michigan: a resident who had his catheter removed bled through the night, and when he was finally taken to the hospital the next morning, he passed away. An interview with his roommate at the facility revealed that the resident was bleeding and moaning through the night. At the same facility, another resident who repeatedly complained of pain over a month-long period was ignored. The resident was subsequently hospitalized for several weeks due to an infection. That's that's an issue that people would look or listen to their loved ones on an on a ongoing basis. What's your suggestion that uh, the loved ones do on this one? I'm really not sure that there's... I can really offer any suggestion other than um, it sounds like a, a facility that has a severe staffing problem. I mean, if you go to a facility and it, you don't see enough staff or it's very clear that residents aren't being responded to quickly enough, you may do, the only solution you may have is just to move them to another facility. Right. And, and I'm just wondering, at that point, do... You know, obviously that, that the patient's there and it's been complaining over a month-long period was ignored. Nothing was being done. Is this the time to go to an ombudsman? Is this the time to call 
the, the 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 whatever the state agency is. I mean, it's not like it's you're going to call the police on something like this, but somebody's got to be made known. Uh, what's your your suggestion? Yeah, I think well, you, you there's never a wrong time to contact an ombudsman. Hmm. Ombudsman's Good jobs are advocates for long-term care residents. They can they can walk right into the nursing home. They can go to the director of nursing and the administrator. They're always uh, a good tool. Um, and as far as complaining to the state agency, you're never going to go wrong there. I mean, letting giving them more information is better. And it's certainly not an issue that you should contact the police over. Right. Uh, and as far as whether you would want to contact a lawyer, you know, lawyers have a very very limited remedy that they can provide and that is monetary damages so even if there is neglect if there are no damages there's really not much a lawyer can do okay so the the message on that somebody on this and because i've heard it from people that they're in the care they're being ignored call the ombudsman Absolutely, because ombudsmen are sort of mediators. Uh, They're very biased mediators because they are completely on the resident side. But they deal with these nursing homes. They've dealt with these administrators. And they have the the power and the authority, if they can't resolve it, to refer it to the state agency, which can then levy monetary fines and civil penitent. Right, right. That's great. Yeah, civil fines. Good advice. The next one, in Ohio, a facility failed to assess the resident's nutritional status such that the surveyors identified 14 residents who had lost weight in the last 30 days. One resident's weight loss was so severe that the patient lost 33 pounds in 31 days, becoming lethargic and was hospitalized for malnutrition. Uh, Again, what's what's your thought? It's well, first of all that is that is certainly going to get them the IJ tag, which is immediate jeopardy. Mm. Malnourishment and dehydration are very major problems in nursing homes, and wow. they can they can kill uh, elderly individuals. They can kill young, healthy individuals. Thirty thirty pounds in thirty days is not healthy. But that's why you know it, it, you, if if they have family members, it's imperative that the family. Take notice of your loved one. Are they losing weight? Are they eating? These are these are things that that, that could possibly be solved by a. M- it's still not totally incumbent upon the family. This this facility clearly dropped the ball. Right, right. L- let me ask you: What would you suggest the family on these reoccurring complaints, like what the previous one in Michigan was paying? Here they're not getting fed. There was a weight loss. Do you suggest that the, that the loved one or the family member that you know they they keep a, a notes of this, a diary, so they can get it to whether it's the the ombudsman, the state official, a private lawyer, or the law enforcement. At least you have a record what's going on, rather than he said, she said. You know what I'm saying? Do you agree? Oh, that, absolutely, Joe. That's great advice. Uh, the more evidence that you have. Because you you may even forget things that were said or when they were said, so you're you're 100 percent correct on that, Joe. So if you see a weight loss, you see that they're becoming 
and also um, you have everybody has has uh, cameras now with cell phones. Take a picture of your loved one, as long as they okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And and this is also stuff that you could bring up in in one of the care plan meetings and say, hey guys, right. here's a list of all the times that I've complained about you know mother's uh, lunch tray, and here here are pictures of of her clearly losing weight. We got to do something about this. Well, that's uh, that's that's uh, that's so appropriate. I hope people are listening and with. They don't have a loved one there. Tell somebody who you know who has a loved one in a long-term care. These are things we're bringing up, and uh, we're about to break for our third segment. Uh, remember, elder abuse doesn't report itself. So with that, we'll take our third break and be back uh, in uh, a few minutes with Will Smith. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. And once again, from America's Web Radio, if uh, you're a veteran or you have a family member that's a veteran and they have started a business within the past 12 months or they're about to start a business, have them contact GM at America's Web Radio, and we're going to give them two weeks of free advertising on one of, if not the largest producing podcast radio stations in the country, America's Web Radio. We'd love to hear from you. Contact GM at America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, um, welcome back for our fourth segment. We have Attorney Will Smith, uh, who specializes in uh, in long-term care um, issues, and uh, he's been a guest on the show before, and, and we brought him back, uh, asked him to come back, and, and he kindly agreed to discuss this new report that came out, Family and Residents' Right to Know. It was put out by two U.S. Senators, Uncovering Poor Care in America's Nursing Homes. Uh, again, we're in the report, and we're talking about examples of neglect and abuse uh, uh, among uh, that, that the government has found in some of these homes. And, um, and Will is addressing some suggestions of what should be done or who should, what you should do as a family or what the institution should have done. So, Will, uh, thanks a lot as we uh, wrap, uh, wrap up this show. We've got a case now in Delaware. A facility failed to promptly investigate allegations of sexual assault against a member of staff, which resulted in the victim not being referred to the hospital for examination until two days after the incident. 
Additionally, the facility allowed the alleged perpetrator of the abuse to continue working during the investigation with access to the victim. As of May 29th, this facility had staffing and quality rating of five stars. Your thoughts on this? You know, uh, first and foremost, the sexual abuse that occurs in nursing homes to me is one of the most deplorable uh, crimes that can happen. It's, it's like when it happens to children, it happens to the elderly, it's happening to vulnerable members of society. And um, But you can have this, and it's important to note this, that uh, I've got an issue right now with a nursing home. I'm not going to mention who it is. But if you, they have an overall rating of about four stars, which is pretty good. But if you look at their actual uh, numbers, they have a very low staff rating, which is probably what led to the incident that we're investigating now. Um, but that being said, you could have five stars and, and still, you know, commit a very serious mistake like this. You just, you, you can never be, you can never be a hundred percent sure of what's going to happen. Right. I, I think, and I think that's to me being a former federal agent for 30 years that, um, uh, when I hear about some of these sexual abuses that, that go on, it's just amazing to me. I, it's one of the most uh, heart-wrenching uh, cases that I've seen. And a, lo- and a lot of these people, I'm thinking of a matter now, in a, in a nursing home, people, um, a woman had dementia and was being moved, and the driver allegedly, you know, took advantage of her and raped her, and it wasn't until the family were called the day or that, that afternoon by another, by a, a professional said you need to get your mother out of here and they got her took her right to a hospital and yes the uh, the test confirmed the rape and 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 I'm like you and the person still attend they still allowed them to work there even with the allegations of uh, handling female you know um, residents which is just appalling so it's sad I, I know of another matter where it was a a another person uh, who worked there did turn this uh, person in for going into a room and uh, taking advantage of somebody with a serious case of dementia uh, and it turned out to be nothing but a sexual abuse and rape so these things do happen and these are the type of situations that should be reported um, obviously to the police to the ombudsman what to to the professionals right away don't you agree Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, any sexual assault incident is one that that hits every single possible tool in your tool book. You need to report it to the state. You need to get an ombudsman up there. You need to report it to law enforcement, and you need to call an attorney. Right. And, and um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and a lot of times the person who knows that the only person that the uh, the patient tells is the loved one or the they're, they're the person who's visiting them. They don't. They're afraid to tell somebody else. So you you must be you the outsider, the family person, must be the conduit to the professionals to get some help. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the outcry the outcry is is typically to the family, but there are times when there's no outcry at all, and it's wow. just incumbent upon the family to take notice of your loved one. Are they shy? Are they? Are they are they less um, physically 
involved than they used to be. Like if, if, if your loved one's not giving you hugs or they're moving away or they – in the same way that you would investigate a child being potentially abused, you know, right. you have to pick up on their behavior. Right. Good point. So, uh, so people, when you visit your loved ones or your friends, be aware. The next one in Florida, the staff failed to clean and disinfect, I guess it's glucometers, I guess, or whatever, glucometers. Oh, these are, these are the blood sugar uh, testers. Right. Glucometers. Yeah. Glucometers. So what, what you have is you have a, a machine that pricks uh, your finger that draws a little blood going from person to person without being sanitized. I mean, you wouldn't want somebody to, to use the same comb in your hair at a barber shop, much less, uh, you know, a machine that, that draws blood. So that's extremely dangerous. Well, I, I know that as a, as a law enforcement officer, when we always were told when you're going to search people, ask them if they have anything that would prick them or, you know, a needle or anything that's sharp that would cut you, because that's the last thing you want is to to interact the blood of somebody else. Um, They note in the report that, uh, again, as of May 29th, this facility with the um, failure to clean this meter um, uh, had a five-star rating and uh, staffing quality ratings. So, again... Uh, just don't go by the rating. Go what you hear or see, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the rating system is the best that we have right now. It certainly could be improved. It has its flaws, but it's not the end-all, be-all. You know, if you if you find a place that's five-star, great. You've got one piece of information for your overall intelligence. Go right. there and recon it yourself. Look at it. Get, you know, get your feet on the ground and, and check it out. All right, I agree. And this is another one because I know this situation showed up here, but this is a Hawaii case. A facility failed to correct an insect infestation such there were cockroaches and ants near residents on countertops crawling on medical charts. Um, and they said as of May 29th, this facility had an overall rating of two stars with a quality rating of five stars. One, address the difference in the stars, what that means, and then the idea about how bad insects can be. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunately, that's pretty common. Wow. Um, I mean, these, these facilities have, you know, they have a lot of food, they have a lot of human mm-hmm. waste circulating around, and so they're major attractors for for insects, but you you can have something. It's like I was talking about earlier that the facility that has an overall rating of about four stars, but has a two star rating. So there, there's there's a lot to be desired in the rating system. It, 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 you can't just count on the rating system alone. Right. I I, I think that just that just reinforces what you've been saying, uh, Will, and, and I appreciate it. Um, the next one. I will say this: the only the only thing that you can guarantee on the rating system is if somebody is a one star, there's no accident. They're definitely terrible. Okay. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. So, and it, as a matter of fact, uh, just just for clarification, sure. if you don't see stars on there, that's because they are actually one of the participants in the uh, special focus facility program. Those 88 or 80 participants 
are, don't have any stars on the nursing home compare website. So if you see this and you look on it and you have some loved ones uh, or a loved one in one of these nursing homes, um, look at it. Hopefully they correct the problems, but you also have the ability to move them, right? If you can afford it, I guess, is the big issue. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, there it, it's... It's a tricky situation. Sometimes there may not be a closer nursing home, and so it puts it further away from the family and makes it more difficult for them to visit. Um, sometimes you simply can't afford it, so it's it's tricky. It's it's not ge- geography and money come into play there. Uh, right. I, I, I'm looking at it because we're about to, to wind down our, this last segment here, but they list uh, a few more um, examples in Kentucky. About somebody who suffered from uh, burn wounds and was receiving treatment, and um, and that the dressing wasn't changed, uh, and so if you walk in and see something like that, that should be reported immediately to take care. Um, and and they say in Kentucky that this would indicate people should be placed in in immediate jeopardy, as as you say. Yeah, absolutely. It gets you an I, IJ tag of, of immediate jeopardy. Um, that's that should be reported. Anytime do you if you're if you're visiting a loved one in a nursing home and you see something, say something. Right. Uh, it, it, it's because it's like you always say, it's not going to report itself. Right. Elder abuse does not report itself, and that's so true. Uh, they go on to say in Massachusetts. Uh, the availability of illicit substances at one facility was so prevalent that residents had, quote, concerns about maintaining their sobriety at the facility. So uh, that was something, and and they were put on the list. But with that, we're, oh, wow. it was, yeah. that was in Massachusetts. But look at the list, and, and as, a, as, a, as somebody with a loved one in there, help make some decisions, talk to the ombudsman, talk to the professionals, Talk to an attorney if you can. If you got any concerns, the, the concerns and well-being of your loved ones important. With that, I want to thank you, Will. Again, Will's an attorney here in Atlanta, Will Smith, who specializes in this, and we can't thank you enough for coming on and uh, and and helping to explain that. So remember, yep. everybody, that um, uh, that elder abuse doesn't report itself. And if you have any questions or comments or topics you like like to go to you like to tell us, uh, please contact at safe um, at americaswebradio.com. So with that, uh, again, thank you, Will. And with that, that ends this uh, uh, segment and this uh, show. Uh, thank you very uh, much for you, listening. Joe. Thank you, Will. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.